Thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. We are talking, in fact, about Inspire a Generation. And it was 10 years ago this summer that the Olympic Games were held in London. Do you remember that moment, the opening ceremony, when we collectively as a nation went, this isn't going to be rubbish? Like, I don't know, I was preparing, this is all going to go wrong, and then I watched the opening ceremony, and I was like, this is going to be amazing. And their slogan, their kind of catchphrase for it was, inspire a generation. And it might be the last time that any of us felt proud to be British. The last 10 years has been quite tough to be British, hasn't it? But their whole thing was inspire a generation. And I looked on their website, and to see kind of what they've done since, and did they inspire a generation, because it's 10 years since the Olympic Games. And they used, I watched a video that I haven't got time to show you, but in this video they had lots of young people who'd taken jobs, they'd had all this kind of stuff talking about the regeneration of the area that the Olympic Games were held in. And in the video I was struck because they used phrases and words that I think the church would be excited to be using as well. They used words such as community, legacy, inspiring people, giving back to our community. And you know, I want to talk today about how do we inspire a generation and how do we collectively as Life Central Church inspire a generation, but how do you in your world, whether you will call yourself a Christian or not, I think we all have a responsibility to inspire a generation and inspire the next generation. In fact, a guy called David, he wrote lots of bits of the Bible and he wrote in the Bible, he said, even when I'm old and grey and taking photographs like that, do not forsake me, don't give up on me. And If I'm not dead, I'm not done, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, till I inspire a generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. And he's saying, I've got the baton and until I'm dead, I'm not giving up on it. And I'm going to hand on something inspirational. In a few weeks' time, here in Hells Owen, we have got the Black Country Road Race, but not only that, the Queen's Baton Relay Race, basically the start of the opening of the Commonwealth Games, is coming through Hells Owen. And there's going to be people running, holding a baton, and it's going to be passed on from person to person to person. And it's going to come through our town, and we've got a great opportunity to be a part of that, and you can sign up to be part of it. But, you know, it's about handing something on to the next generation. And so I wonder, what are you passing on? What's the things that you are inspiring the next generation? Again, it doesn't matter whether you call yourself a Christian or not. We all hand something on. We're all holding a baton, ready to pass it on to the next generation. And so when we ask, how do we inspire a generation? I think we should look at Jesus because we're a church, we kind of have to. But also, Jesus, Jesus is somebody who inspired a generation. Whether you believe that he was God in human form, which most of us would believe that, God is, that Jesus was God in human form, but even when you look at it, that here is a guy who spent three years with 12 fellas, 11 of whom went on to transform the world, and we're still talking about Jesus today, over 2,000 years later. And there's a little lesson in that isn't there, that 11 of the 12 went on. There was one that didn't. Jesus didn't have a 100% success rate in inspiring a generation. If Jesus didn't have a 100% success rate, 
then we're not going to either, and we need to be okay with that and be a little bit lighter on ourselves. But Jesus was somebody who inspired a generation to do great things, and I think there's lots of different ways that Jesus did this, and I want to focus on two, and they kind of sound the same because it's Genesis and Kenosis. I'm using some posh words today, everybody. I've been looking at my dictionary this week, and, and the first is Genesis. I use the word Genesis because in the Genesis, uh, the book of Genesis in the Bible, it talks about creation, and we see the power of God at work, and again, whether you believe that it was a literal seven days and happened how it was, or whether it was through evolution or the Big Bang or anything, for me, my faith doesn't hinge on that. My faith hinges on whether Jesus died and rose again. My faith doesn't hinge on how God created the world. I believe that God did create the world, but I don't know how, because I wasn't there. Um, But, you know, God uses, in this Genesis account, he uses his power to create an environment. He uses his power. He spends day after day creating this perfect world for humanity to live in. And then on day day six, he puts humanity in there. You see, he sets them guidelines and he says, it's not about control. It's not about creating them to be robots. He gives them freedom. You see, I think the power of God is marked by freedom, not by control. And so when, it, when that song that we just sang says, freely you gave it all for us, it's about the power of God is about freedom, not control. And so God gives them the power to choose, to choose between following him, obeying him, or not. And he creates this environment. And I think what we can learn about God here is that he's not about control, he's about freedom, but it's about creating an environment for potential to flourish. And that's what God does. He creates this environment for humanity to flourish. And in fact, if we fast forward to Jesus, who's God in human form coming to the earth, Jesus spent three years creating this environment for those who follow him to flourish. If you look at it from a passing the baton on lens and read the Gospels, Jesus is constantly creating this environment for the disciples to flourish when he's no longer there. And he finishes it in Matthew 28 when Jesus turns to the disciples. He's died, he's rose again. He's about to go back up into heaven. And he says, all authority is on... Sorry, I'm going to read it so I don't get it wrong. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Therefore, I'm giving you that authority to go. He's created the environment for others to flourish. And so when it comes to inspiring a generation, question number one is this, how are you creating environments for the next generation to flourish? And I'm not just talking to parents and grandparents, although I am, like parents and grandparents, how are you creating an environment for your children and grandchildren to flourish? How are you creating an environment when they get home from school and you're asking them the questions about their day, when you're preparing them for school, when you're with them, how are you creating that environment for them to flourish? But not just those, every single one of us, no matter what age we are, we have a next generation coming up behind us. And so we all have an opportunity, whether you're in the young category or the old category, you have an opportunity to say, hey, I want to invest in you. I want to create an environment. That younger intern in your office or that new person that's come in and they're in their 20s or 30s or 40s and you're saying, hey, you're of the next generation. I want to create an environment for you to flourish. How are you doing that? How are you doing that? Because we are all creators. And so the, the question I'm asking is, what's the environment that you're creating around your life? 
Is it an environment that allows potential around you to flourish? Or is it an environment that crushes people? I want us to be people who inspire a generation, inspire the next generation, and inspire those around us. And at Life Central Church, we are passionate about creating environments for the next generation to flourish. And we've got Sam Hughes with us, who is our next-gen pastor. And he is uh, going to come and just share with you what we are doing as a church to create those environments. So could, we, could you put your hands together for Sam Hughes? Thanks, Andy. I was right. I thought it was a bit of tube with some tape on it. Anyway, uh, welcome. My name is Sam. Uh, I've been at Life Central now for about five years. Uh, was originally the children's pastor uh, and now a next-gen pastor. If you don't know what next-gen means, it literally is short for next generation. Um, and we see next-gen as naught to 30 at this church. Um, I want to start just by sharing some stats with you. I absolutely love numbers and stats, but if you're not into numbers and stats, what you need to remember is what I'm about to share. For every number, there's some people behind this, there's children behind this, and that is why I get so passionate about it. And as I read it, I might get a little emotional, because for me, every one of these is children, young people, and young adults that we're working with. So I just want to share some stats over the last 10 months, so since September 2021. So we have engaged with over a thousand children, young people and young adults through events, schools, uh, outreach and other groups that we run. We have seen 318 children and young people that have attended either on a Wednesday or a Sunday. We've seen 112 children attend at least one tribes, which is our Wednesday night small group. We've seen 95 young people attend at least one cruise, which is our midweek youth club. We have got 87 young adults in connect groups. We have got 45 volunteers leading small groups across NextGen. We've got 30 young people at this church serving on teams across the church. We've got 22 small groups across NextGen. We've got 18 year six students moving up to high school this summer. 10 is the average number that we have in our small groups. And two is the number of volunteers that it takes to run a small group. You know, Reggie Joyner says this. He says, if it's going to, there we go. The average parent is worried about the future of their child. The church is focused on their faith. The greatest gift a church can give a family is another adult who cares about their faith and their future. You know, our mission at Life Central Church is to partner with you parents for the faith and the future of your children. And I don't just want you to take my word for it. I would love you to sit and listen to this story of a family from our church and the impact that our small group model is having on them. Hello, my name's Michelle and me and my daughter Olivia, who's eight years old, has been coming to Life Central Church for about three years now. I love church because there's lots of games that we can play, there's lots of stuff that we can do, and I just like it. Olivia comes to Tribes on a Wednesday, and then she goes to Kids on a Sunday, um, based in House Owen, and then also once a month she goes to the base. I invited all my friends to my baptism. Since my baptism, Alice and Nila have been coming with me to Tribes. Life Central Kids has been really good for her. You know, not just in her well-being, but um, the people that run the club, she really looks up to them and they really nurture her. So, 
It's really good for her and she, she just loves going. At Tribes on a Wednesday, there's lots of games that we can play and we go at the front and we eat our sweets and we watch everything about Jesus. The impact for Olivia having a consistent uh, small group leader is just the, it gives her the confidence to go in and know that the same person's going to be there every week and, you know, that she can build a relationship with them um, and she just really loves being around the leaders. A small group is like lots of funny games and we laugh so much that we, we can't even hear ourselves because the year fours are, are talking over loudly. The impact on Olivia for Life Central Kids has helped her to grow in her faith um, you know, she can take it into the classroom and she can show the kindness within it, her form to her peers. So, yeah, it's, it's really good for her. My small group leaders helped me because they do lots of games for us. And I just want to say thank you because they, they, they make us learn about Jesus. It's helped us as a family to disciple Olivia because we can build our faith around Jesus and we can read the books together, the Bible together, we can study together and also pray together. So it's a really good foundation for her. I love Jesus because he's so kind and I think if more people learn about him, he will make the world be better. The thing I would say to other parents is please come along, just see what it's like. If you, you know, if it's not for you, then that's fine. But it's really encouraging. The, the leaders are so good with the children. They really help them. They uplift them. The, the, you know, the confidence grows. And if they need someone to speak to, they're always willing to help them and, and grow them as a person. So I'd just say bring them along. I want to say that if you come to Life Central, you'll learn more about God and then you'll be happy and you'll be kind. I would just say, please be consistent with coming along because, you know, the, you, you know, with anything, if you consistently go somewhere, you grow faith and you get to know people a lot better. So when you, you know, when you stop going and you just turn up now and again, that you can lose that connection. But consistency is key. Amazing. Amazing. You know, what's really funny about that video is when Olivia talks about the year fours being really loud. That's my small group. Um, but I think, you know, Michelle at the end there just summed it up. Consistency is key. We, we made a decision a year ago that, you know, we have connect groups for our adults. And we made the decision that we wanted small groups midweek and large gatherings on a Sunday to be our model for our kids, our youth and our young adults. And so that is why we have got small groups. And so on a Wednesday night, we do tribes, which is for primary school age children, uh, six till seven. And then crews, which is for high school age uh, young people. Uh, and that's seven till nine. And, you know, that is every every Wednesday night term time and we ask our volunteers and our leaders to commit to every week that they can do to bring some consistency to children and young people and you know we have children from age four in a small group and you know personally for me in September my son starts in reception and I am so excited for him to start on a Wednesday night for him to start having a small group and to have another adult speaking into his life you know that's what we want to do we want to partner with parents parents. You know, I'd love you to watch another little video now of one of our small group leaders just giving a little bit of a testimony. So this is Faith. Hi, my name's Faith. I'm 17. I'm in Life Central Youth and I serve on the Life Central Kids team. 
I've grown up in church, I've always been surrounded by church, um, but growing up I got into quite a bit of trouble. Um, I was naturally quite an outgoing person, so I often gravitated towards people that liked to push the boundaries and experiment and do things that were new. Um, so I often ended up in situations that weren't the best for me or who I wanted to be or where I wanted to go, but I just did it because I thought that I liked it. Um, and I surrounded myself with people that I thought that cared about me and valued me and I just put my all into these people and just needed them to accept me and love me. Um, and then we went into lockdown and that all got taken away and I felt really alone and I just felt like that comfort blanket of them people and the things that we were doing just got like taken away and I just felt really alone and like I didn't know where to turn. Um, during that time I stopped attending any youth things online, I stopped serving on the kids team, um, I just got to a place where I felt really alone and alone in lockdown. Um, around that time one of my friends passed away and my anxiety started to get quite bad and I just felt like I didn't really have anyone around me um, but that was more so because I was pushing everyone out um, and then as lockdown went on and I was journeying with all of that I reconnected with youth calls and began to like introduce that back into my life slowly um, and then we came out of lockdown and I thought that I was ready to go back to who I was and what I was doing um, and I went from being in the middle of high school to finishing high school and everyone around me had changed and I had changed um, and as we were celebrating the end of high school I went out with the people that I used to surround myself with but we haven't really seen each other in over a year um, and we went out and we were drinking and we were all doing what we'd all been doing before um, and it just didn't feel the same for me I didn't feel happy I felt alone and I thought once I'd go back it would all go back to what it was but I just felt alone and we were in this field and my phone died and I sat down on the grass and I was cold and I just prayed because I think I felt a bit ashamed of where I'd got to and that I'd come to the very end of myself and there was nowhere for me to go um, and I just prayed and I'd never really prayed like that before and then in that moment I just felt a change in my heart that God wasn't going to meet me where I wanted to be but where I was and that was at the end of myself but that was okay um, and yeah in that moment I really changed my heart of who I wanted to be and where I wanted to go and moving forward from that I realised that the influence that I had let people have over my life didn't need to be but that I could choose to have influence over other people and not let them influence me in the way that I didn't want them to. And then coming out of lockdown, I started serving on kids' team every week. And since then, I've been able to have influence over other people and speak into people's lives the way that I kind of wished more I had spoke to myself growing up. Wow. You know, Faith does every Wednesday and every Sunday on our kids' team here at House Owen, and her and a few other leaders have been instrumental recently in some children settling at Life Central and being able to engage. Sorry. Ooh, I can see the parents out there as well. So, yeah, just amazing, amazing. You know, I just want to read that stat. 45 volunteers that are leading small groups across our kids, youth and young adults. And I just want to say a public thank you to those people who come straight from work, who eat McDonald's in the car, who are a consistent person in that child and young person's lives. 
And you know, I kind of want to finish by asking if you're a parent, if you're watching, if you're in the room, I just want to ask, could you be consistent, whether that's Sundays or Wednesdays, could you be consistent so that we can help you put a volunteer, a leader, somebody else that loves Jesus and wants to partner with you for the faith and future of your child. And finally, I just want to let you know a little something. So Faith, who just shared, Andy, who's preaching this morning, is her small group leader. The video that you watched earlier of little Olivia, Faith is her small group leader. And so that is how we are passing it on to the next generation here at Life Central Church. Thank you. So great, isn't it? We are passionate about creating environments for the next generation to flourish. I said Genesis, I'm going to talk to you about kenosis, which I imagine is a word you're all like, have you just made that up, Andy? I haven't, trust me. Um, Kenosis is basically the theology of Jesus' power in that it was self-emptying. Paul uh, wrote about it in the book of Philippians, which is basically a letter to the Christians in Philippi. And he said this, he said, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. That's the kenosis. Jesus emptied himself by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Kenosis is that Jesus emptied himself. I heard uh, Dr. Selena Stone, who's a British theologian, I heard her speak a couple of weeks ago, and she said this, the true power of God cannot be grasped because he had the, pa- the chance to take up power and chose not to. Jesus had all of the power in the world and beyond at his disposal, and he made himself nothing. He chose not to. He took on the nature of a servant. How do you inspire a generation? You serve. You empty yourself. You don't take up power. You let it go and you loan the power to the next generation. I've been appalled at what I've seen on the telly and politics and if I'm not careful I'll say things I shouldn't say. But it's not an example of how you use power. It's not an example of how you show the next generation how they use power. The example is we look to Jesus, who doesn't hold on to power, he serves, and he makes himself nothing. And so question two is, where are you self-emptying to inspire a generation? You know, the 40-odd people that Sam talked about, they're self-emptying by the, they're giving up their Wednesday night, they're giving up their Sunday morning, they're eating sandwiches in the car between work and coming here, they're, they're serving and they're self-emptying. But for us, in the day-to-day life, what are you doing? You know, for, again, for parents and grandparents, it's obvious when you all sit down to watch TV, who chooses what you watch? It's the kids. Because you give up all your preference in order to meet their needs. But, you know, in the workplace, you know, there might be the younger person who, you know, you've got authority over them, that everybody else is frustrated with them, but you know, I was like that one day. A long time ago, I was like that. I'm going to loan them my strength. I'm going to loan them my power. I'm going to get alongside them and inspire them and cheer them on. You know, I get it. Speaking as a millennial, I get it that Gen Z are hard to employ. 
I understand that. I run the Equip program. I work with young people and young adults. Gen Z can be difficult to work with. But I was what that one day is like. I was that once as well. You know, as a, as a millennial, I know that Gen X rolled their eyes at me, and millennials roll their eyes at Gen Z, and you know, baby boomers, you rolled your eyes at, at Gen X, because all of us look at the generation coming after us, and we go, "I was never like that," but we were. You look at them and go, "Kids today, they've got no respect." I had no respect when I was a kid either. We were all like it one day. We just look back at the past with rose-tinted glasses and think, I was never that bad, was I? And see generations in the world changes, culture shifts and things change. And, you know, world events happen that affect our culture and the way that we view the world. But, hey, each generation isn't better than the other. We just bring different things to the table. And so, I want us to say, let's stop rolling our eyes at each other up and down the generations. Let's look to be kenosis. Young people, Gen Z, Gen X, you've got an opportunity to self-empty yourself and serve the older generations. We've got opportunity up and down to inspire not just the next generation, but inspire the generations. I'm so excited that we're moving to do, doing stuff for older adults and just the response that we've had. I'm excited at what God is doing amongst our older adults. I'm excited that we had, we had young adults serving at the older adults' events. I want to see that. Carrie Newoff, who's a Christian leader, he said this, it's hard to motivate a generation you don't understand. It's really hard to reach a generation you roll your eyes out and make fun of. I don't know why I'm getting emotional, but I'm passionate about this. Because we are, we are not a young adults' church. We're not a youth church. We're not a nondescript adult church. We are not an older adults' church. We're a multi-generational church. I believe that Jesus died for each and every one of you, whether you're young or old or anything in between. I'm passionate about this because we've got to inspire the generations. We've got to understand each other. You know, I don't get why older generations think the things they do and do the things they do, but, you know, I'm going to ask questions and say, hey, can you help me understand that? It frustrates me when I see all the people who don't understand how to use an iPhone. I'm going to loan my strength and say, hey, let me help you with that. Let me turn the font size up for you. I don't get why young people have the attitude to some things that they do and they, they frustrate me and I'm like, why don't you go outside instead of playing on your PlayStation all day? I'm going to look to understand them and look to get alongside them. I'm not going to roll my eyes because that's what our world does. Our world creates divisions. Let's do something different. Let's do something different as, as the church, as people who call themselves followers of Jesus. Let's create a different culture in our world that says, hey, I'm not going to roll my eyes at the next generation or the generation before. I'm going to look to serve. I'm going to look to do what Jesus did and kenosis and self-empty. I'm going to loan my strength. You know, no matter what our age, we have a responsibility to do that. Finally, I want to finish with a quote from Andy Stanley because we are contractually obliged to mention Andy Stanley in every talk that we I'm joking. But I was on a, on a Zoom call um, with somebody from North Point and they used this and I thought it was brilliant. Like it or not, we are the stewards of the church for the next generation. More daunting than that is the fact that we 
determine what outcomes, uh, what comes to mind when they hear the term church. We've got a huge responsibility, Christians, I'm talking to you now in the room and online. We've got a huge responsibility. We're stewards of what the next generation think about the, the term church. What are they going to think in 20 years' time of church? What are our kids going to think? I'll tell you what, there's 40 odd or so people serving saying, hey, I love, I love how every time we went to Olivia, she went, games, games, games. I want kids and young people to have fun. Let's be great stewards of what people think of the world, of the term church, because we've got a hand on something. We've all got a baton. How are you inspiring the next generation? In all of our locations, I want to invite you to stand um, with me. And I think we've all got a response to make here. And so I want to invite you to close your eyes and hold your hands out in front of you. It's not a religious posture. It's just a, hey, I'm closing my eyes so I'm not distracted. I'm putting my hands out so my hands aren't reaching for my phone and having a posture saying to God, I'm ready to hear from you. And I want to ask you the question, what can you do to inspire the next generation? What is it in your world that you can do? Every single one of us, even if you're not a Christian, who's somebody of the next generation that you can create an environment for them to flourish in? That you can loan your power to them. It might be the obvious choices of kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, godchildren, but it might be somebody in the workplace. There's always somebody of the next generation that we can inspire. The second thing that I want us to think about is a little bit more specific. Could you consider joining our next gen team? Could you consider being one of those adults that gives that gift to a family of another adult who cares about the faith and the future of a child? And hey, we're not looking for anybody, all right? We just want to have a conversation with you. I'm not asking you to sign up to a roto, and we're not asking for your t shirt size to give you a purple t shirt or anything like that today. We're just saying, would you have a conversation with us? One, that's one thing you can do. The other thing is we're passionate about investing in the next generation of leaders and our equip, our equip program restarts in, in September. And I won't lie to you, we're desperate for some post homes and some places for them to stay. And so could you self-empty by offering a spare bedroom, have a, a young adult, who's investing in their leadership, could you help invest in them by saying, come and live with us? Even if it's for two to three months or the year, whatever, have a conversation with us. If you're interested in that, please do uh, go to forward slash host homes, I think it is. Uh, but if you want to uh, join our next gen team, if you want that conversation in any of our locations, because our locations, we need to get kids and youth worker up and running in our locations as well. If, if you are interested in that, you want to have a conversation, then take your next steps. 
you can text LCC Next Steps followed by your name to 60777 and you'll get a link. On the link is a little form. You can fill that in at the top of the options. You can click, I'd like to register my interest for Next Gen Team. Or you can go to our website, uh, lifecentralchurch.org.uk forward slash next steps, and you can fill out that form. We would love to have a conversation with you. Sam or Harvey, who's our youth pastor, would love to have a chat with you and say, how can you join the Next Gen team? We're not signing you up. We might say no, or you might say no to us. That's absolutely fine. But register your interest today. Be part of inspiring the next generation. We're gonna close now by singing a song um, that when I come to think of what song would I want to choose, I couldn't get anywhere past this song. This song is called Hosanna, and in the second verse, it says, I see a generation rising up to take their place with selfless faith. Every time I sing that song, I do a little come on after it, because that's my prayer. That's what we want to see, isn't it? A generation rising up. I want to see the people that are younger than me see more in God than I've seen in my generation. I want to see the next generation inspired to find and follow Jesus, to tell their mates about Jesus, to see more and more people filling churches and going out and making a difference in the world. So church, I want you to sing this, not just as the formality to end our service, but let's make this our prayer and let's glorify God in the process.